Blog Talk Radio. Blessings, 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 and a great day to you, morning, afternoon, night, or whatever time it is in your part of the world that you are hearing the sound of our voice on this beautiful day. We wish you Godspeed and just an incredible day in the Lord. Hopefully, your day has been blessed thus far and will continue in that vein, I am your host, Elder Coilette James, and you have tuned in to the It's Real Radio Talk Show, where we offer up real talk on real issues. God is just such a good and a gracious God that he has allowed us just another day to be in the land of the living and to be able to worship and praise his name. As this live show is being recorded right now, it is Sunday afternoon, and it has just been a phenomenal day of praise and worship where I am. I was grateful to be back home and in my home church and just being able to connect with the saints of God in that special way to also offer up corporate prayer and praise. And I pray that all of you that are hearing my voice recognize the importance of coming together in unity to offer up corporate praise and prayer. It is so important that we fail not to assemble ourselves together, which is the custom of some according to the word of God. It is where we draw our strength in coming together with like-minded individuals, kingdom-minded individuals, and brothers and sisters in the Lord. So I just encourage you that if you do not have a church home, that you ask God to lead you to a Bible-teaching, Jesus-believing church that you can grow in spiritually. My pastor calls um, the building God school rather than just church, because as the word teaches, we are the church. We are the body of Christ, and the church resides in all of us. We are sanctuaries that come together within a sanctuary to join strength and to raise up praise, glory, and honor unto the Lord. So with that being said, I want to turn the mic over for welcomes from my beautiful Mm, I just, you know what, there are, like, some days I just kind of am stumped at adjectives to grace her with because she's such an incredible individual. She has a heart that's ten times the size of her imagination, 
And she just has such a wealth of wisdom within her that I think sometimes she takes herself for granted. But that being said, I want to turn the mic over to my beautifully talented, anointed co-host, Miss Tanya Roberts. How are you? Man, sis, you know what? That introductory just touches my soul. I thank God because I believe that that's what we're here for, to speak life, life more abundantly to others. You speak so much life to me. You give me that goal, that tenacity to go on and go forth in what God has gifted me to do. And I love you so much, sis, my sister in Christ, Mm. elder, humble myself under the throne to you because you are totally awesome for allowing this platform to be the greatest thing that we can be able to speak life and life more abundantly to others. Thank you. How are you, beautiful? I'm awesome. I really, really am. Um, You know, there are times in our lives where we go through dark periods, and I have found that when we do that and we come out of those periods, we come out of them with a refreshing and a renewal um, within our spirits if we allow the spirit of the living God to invade our dark space, to invade that, that place of despair, that place of possibly grief, that place of oppression. Um, There's so many different emotions that we as human beings can, can process. And some of those emotions and feelings and different things that we have walked through can send us firing into what I call a dark place. It's a place um, where those of us that know the Lord, we know we're not alone in that place, but at the same time, sometimes we're in a weakened state in that place. And we really need to fill away and allow the the peace and the strength of God to step in and to encourage our hearts. And I, I went through such a time as that recently. And so I thank and praise God that I have emerged from that place, knowing him even the more, knowing him to be that healer of emotions and mental anguish and um, the places that we find ourselves on our path to purpose. Um, you know, we, we walk through so much, Sam. We, we go through so much as being children of the Most High God. And so often the quote-unquote saints of God won't talk about it. You know, they just stuff it. Amen. All the, the emotions and the feelings that they, they encounter, they stuff it, and they won't talk about it because they think that if they open themselves up, to admit to it, then um, something is wrong with their faith or people are going to look at them in a strange way. But we got to understand that there are things that all of us go through, and I believe that the encouragement that we can give to others that may be in a place that you've just come out of or some place that you've experienced or maybe even some place that you find yourself currently in, that if we can bear and give words like testimony. I never forget this, and it comes into my spirit over and over again, that the word of God in Revelation said they overcome by the word of their testimony and the blood of the lamb or the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So it's knowing that the, the blood of the lamb is the blood of Christ Jesus. It's that blood that he shed on Calvary Hill that we may have right standing, that we may be reconciled back unto our Father, that sacrifice that had to be made for the propitiation of our sin. You know, Christ knew no sin, but he took on our sin 
so that he could be that sacrifice for us so that we can be reconciled and reunited back to Father God. And it is so important that we understand the sacrifice that Christ made for us. And it's in that sacrifice that we find our testimony. And that's why the word says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. What is our testimony? Is our testimony sure? Is our sanctification sure? Is our justification sure with inside of ourselves? You know, that's why people can see you and people attend and attest that, oh, you are so anointing and you are so strong and you are this and you are that. But if you don't feel that in your heart, if you don't really recognize and understand the strength of God that re- resides within you, then you walk in despair. You walk in in rejection, which is a segue to what our our show is going to be about today. But you walk into in that isolated place, you know, because until you can understand with inside yourself who God is and what he created you to. I believe that that's why he He has us on this series of Path to Purpose, because until we fully in, embrace the purpose for which we were created, we're going to fall short of what it is that we're supposed to be doing. It is only in our embracing our purpose that we can go forth with with purpose, that, you know, we're walking in purpose, on purpose, and, and that, you know, we, we've made a conscious decision that we are going to fulfill that which God created us for. So that being said, um, our topic today, as I said, going along with the, the series that we find ourselves in right now, Pastor Purpose, our topic today is overcoming rejection. Overcoming rejection, because I think, and this is from my heart, and then I'm, I'm going to let you share what, what your heart is on this topic, um, Tanya, but my heart says that so many people are missing the fulfillment of their purpose because they feel themselves to be invisible. They have been rejected verbally maybe even physically, Um, they've been rejected in their own mind, you know, without anybody else rejecting them, they've rejected themselves, they've counted themselves out, they've said that they have no worth, and that's a form of rejection of themselves, self-rejection. And I think that, you know, there's so many people that feel like that. They feel literally that they're invisible, that they, you know, that people don't see them, that they don't stand out. And if you were to, I believe, this is me talking, not a study that I've done or read, but I believe that if you were to trace the root of some of the demonic things that people do, like serial killers and arsonists and and these different people that have these deep-seated issues, and, and even people that are all tatted up, and have piercings all over themselves and whatever. They do that from a place of feeling invisible and feeling that they've got to make their presence known, you know, that they've got to to disfigure their body so that they can stand out, they can be seen. They feel that they have to do something catastrophic so that the spotlight is on them. And I believe that that comes from a place within them of self-rejection. You know, not feeling that they're good enough, not feeling that they measure up just in who they are, 
you know, and I think that we really have to get to a place of recognition that, again, we say this all the time, God does not create junk, and he does not make mistakes. You are here for a reason. There is purpose and destiny within you. And on that path to fulfilling that purpose, you find so many different areas of yourself that you didn't even know existed because we are created in the image and the likeness of God Almighty, and we will never tap into the fullness of who God is. So if we're created in his image, it's an ever-increasing um, discovery that we have. We're constantly discovering more and more about God, and I believe it's the same way with ourselves. We're constantly discovering more and more about the things that God has placed within ourselves. So we have to stop rejecting ourselves. I don't care what, who said about you, when you see you, you've got to get to a place that you see yourself through your father's eyes. You see yourself for the wealth of value that you possess. Because you do. You are so valuable. There's so much within you that God has placed within you. And to overcome that feeling of rejection, to overcome that that feeling of just being invisible and nobody sees you and nobody cares, you have to recognize who God created you to be. So that's why I believe it's part of the reason why he's taken us in the way that he has taken us so that we can see the purpose for which we were created. We may not know the fullness of it until we appear before God when he says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. What makes it well done? Because you fulfill the purpose for which I created you. The word of God says that we were created to will and to do of God's good pleasure. It says that if we delight ourselves in his eyes, he will give us the desires of our heart. we got to keep going back to him. He is our lifeline. He is our creator. He is the breath that we breathe. He is our sustainer. He is our provider. He is our protector. He is our, he is our resource. He is our all in our all. And until we can keep going back to him and learn to go to him in the midst of it all, then we will never get beyond the self-rejection or the rejection of man and overcome and get into that vein that God created us for. So I'm going to step back at this point and, and let you express your heart. Wow, sis, you can do a whole show on exactly what you were just talking about. I've been both of those people, the rejected and the favored. It's easier on the other side when you're favored and things are happening the way that you perceive God is working it out on your behalf. But when you're not the favored, then I understand what it's like when you're going through and you're trying to make things work and happen and things are not. When you're on that path of purpose, I believe in my heart, it's a lot of rejection of a lot of discontentment, a lot of hurt, a lot of everything that comes along with it. I'm learning on my journey right now that, you know, failure is really the purpose of why we strive to do better in our lives with Christ. You're not going to be perfect when you first do what you do. You're not going to always feel what you're feeling. You're not going to always do the right thing or whatever. But when you're on that path of purpose, and that's what we're talking about, 
and then feeling rejected at the same time. I'm like on a job right now. I had to honestly say, maybe I said it last show or whatever. I'm going to say it again because this is a series of what we're talking about. Lord, I said to him, I've always been in place of favor. No matter where I've gone, you've given me favor. Now I'm somewhere that favor is not there, and it hurts. But I thank you because you allowed me to see the other side of what people hurt, cry, pray, fast, hold out, whatever they have to do for it. And I realize that it's two sides to every story. But I thank God, like your saying, sis, of what God has called me to do. And it's so much greatness that he has for me in the purpose and the plan. I was speaking to one of my coworkers, uh, Joshua. I want to have him on the show. And I'm going to speak a plug out to him right now because he's getting into the singing and gospel music of what God has called him to do. He's exhausting his finances and doing whatever. He has a beautiful wife that's standing by him, but at the same time, it's not easy. And when you're on that path of purpose, what you know, we always look at it as like it's supposed to be so easy, so awesome, so everything. And it's not. But at the same time, even when it's not, you keep enduring and God's glory will be fulfilled in your life. I hope I'm still staying on track here. Man, let me say something absolutely. to you guys. Huh? I said, no, absolutely you're staying on track. Right. I just feel at this particular moment in time, we've had a lot of good speakers on. We've had a lot of good people to speak of God's purpose, meaning. Our last speaker last week, week before last, week before last. We're trying to go out and reach the people that are the cause of God. We don't want fake. We don't want anything. We want keep it real. What does it take for you to get to where you're going to? What does it take for you to feel what you're feeling? This is not um, a, a soap opera. This is reality. It's not always going to be easy. It's going to be some times that you're going to feel like you want to give up. There's going to be some times that you feel like, what is this really all about? You know what I mean? Times, you guys, I've said to the Lord, do I sign up for this crap? I didn't say crap. And he said, actually, you did. This is what you said. You wanted. But the, but the greatness of it all is he's still there in the midst of it all. So saying that, I'm going to turn the platform back over to you, sis, because I know that you have some great things to talk about. Amen. Amen. You know, you said something that struck um, in my spirit uh, a chord, and that is when you have felt that you've been favored and all of a sudden you feel that you're not in that favored place anymore. You know, I, I believe that that serves us some stuff within us that, you know, causes us to falter. Seriously. When you are used to things coming easy to you, you are used to, let me put it this way. For me, when I first got saved, I got hit upside the head seriously with with an emotional upheaval. Like two months after I got saved, actually it wasn't even, it wasn't even a complete two months. Um, and I knew 
at the time that it was the enemy's attack upon my life to cause me to go back to the world. Be that as it may, God strengthened me so and showed so much favor and showed himself so mighty in the midst of that situation and and on and on and on for every situation that popped up in my life after then that when I got to a place where God took the training wheels off and took the bottle out of my mouth and threw away the pacifier and said, okay, now I've shown you I'm real. I need you to stand in me. I was like blown away. It was like, okay, where's God? Because I got so used to his favor. Now, that's not to say that I wasn't still favored, but it was to say that the same thing that he did to the children of Israel in the wilderness, when they got ready to cross over the Jordan, he said that they were a generation that had never known war, so they didn't know how to fight. He had to teach them how to fight because when they crossed over Jordan, guess what they were going to encounter? Those same giants that the previous generation had seen 40 years prior. So he had to teach them how to war. And a lot of times I think that we walk in situations where we were so used to being favored, we were so used to things coming easy, that when we get to that place because of the elevation of where God wants to take us, you know, that it, it, it is um, what, what am I, a cliche, but it's, it's true that for um, – Every every promotion, there's another devil, you know. Um, every time you get elevated, there is another warfare that you have to engage in. Every time that you climb higher and higher, the warfare gets greater and greater upon your life. So he has to build you and teach you every step of the way along your path to person purpose, how to overcome the different obstacles and devils that you will encounter along the way. So when you were saying that you've been on both sides, you know, and and your prayer to God, because all of a sudden now you're at a place on your job where you don't feel favored. But I promise you, sis, you are favored. You're favored because what God is doing is teaching you a different strategy for the place that you're going. God is a very strategic God, and so he is constantly evolving in our lives. God is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore, but like I said a few moments ago, we are constantly uncovering new layers to who God is, new revelations of the depth of who God is, new revelations of the depth of what he is doing in us. And every time he reveals another part of us uh, of us and of himself, he has to give us strategies to understand and to navigate in that season, in that position, in that place. What makes a general a master strategist is because he can foresee the moves that the enemy is going to have coming at the army, and therefore he can strategize exactly, strategically telling each member of that army where they need to be positioned and what they need to do. And likewise, God is the master strategist. He is the greatest strategy giver. 
so that's why it's so important that we stay yoked up to him, that we stay close to his bosom so that we recognize and understand what it is that he's saying to us, where it is that he's taking us, and how to navigate in that terrain. Because our terrain keeps changing. The ground in which we're fighting on changes. You know, you may in one season be fighting in the sand, and so you need to be sure-footed in that sand. And in the next season, you're fighting in the jungle, so you need to know how to navigate through the, 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 the dense population of vegetation. So you've gone from the desert where you can see for miles. You can see the enemy coming at you. You can see places of strategic places to going into a forest type environment, like a rainforest and whatever. And it is so densely populated. There's so much vegetation there that you can't see. You don't know where the enemy is coming from because you're surrounded in your surroundings. So we've got to make sure that in the midst of where we are, first and foremost, that we have a discernment of the seasons. So we can clearly see, Daddy, where am I at right now and what do I need to do? Because what I've got to do is continually hear from him because he sees what I don't see. Even in, think, oh, God, thank you, Holy Spirit. Even in the sand, think about this. As I just said, he just dropped this in my spirit. Even when you're in the desert place, you're in the sand, you're fighting from a position of where you can see the enemy coming, but then all of a sudden you can make a wrong and sink in the quicksand that you didn't even see there because you're looking out and not looking down as to where you're stepping. And just like that, all of a sudden now you're sinking. So we've got to make sure that on our path, we're clearly listening for the voice of God. We're clearly, clearly following the directions of the voice of God. This is not the time to go your own way. This is, and he's talking to me right now, okay? This is not the time to go your own way. This is the time to ensure that you're clearly hearing the voice of God, and in total obedience to what he is saying to you, you're going to walk this thing out. You're going to walk this thing out because life and death is involved here. It is not just in the power of your tongue. It is in your ability to listen and walk in obedience in this hour. And we got to understand that. God is such a Good, good, great, great God. Oh, my goodness. You know, I just thank him for loving us so much, for loving us so very much that he makes sure we don't fall short. So he makes sure that we cross that finish line to hear well done, that he makes sure that we don't be overcome by evil, but we overcome evil with good. He's he's phenomenal, Tanya. I just, my God, oh, my goodness. He is just, he blows me away. He really, really does. He really, really does. Because, you know, you he gives you insight and strategies 
that you can't buy at the store, okay? I don't care how much money you have, you can't buy this. I don't care how much education you have, you can't rationalize this. You need the spirit of the living God that dwells within you to lead God and to wreck you, to ensure that you make it to your destiny, that place you were destined to get to, because lives are weighing in the balance. We've said this over and over again. This is not just about you. It is not just about you. So let me ask you something, Tanya, because I know that you've experienced, like you said, different different phases of life where, you know, there was the, the good times and, and then there was the not so good times and then there were the up times and then there were the down times and then there were the times because of choices, okay, that you felt rejection of those that you loved most those that were closest to you, you felt and you heard their rejection. How did God strategize and get what was what were the steps? Let me put it that way. What were some of the steps and some of the directives that God gave you to overcome that place of rejection? Cam? Hello? Tanya, can you hear me? Are you there? Hello? I see she's still on the line. I'm not quite sure why she can't, we can't hear her. Okay, well, we'll we'll keep sharing. Um, but I, I'm asking, I, I know I'm asking it of Tanya, but even even for those of you that are on the line with us and that you're listening, I would um, I would ask you, really, what are some of the things that you have heard from God that you know will cause you, or that can help you? And rising from that place of rejection, um, I will share part of mine. And and mine came even from before I got saved, from from growing up and um, having my children when I did. Um, it caused me in my life to be thrown into a place of rejection because I was the first one of my peers to have children out of wedlock. And needless to say, that that put me into a place of rejection that I would not wish on anybody because when you feel scorned, um, when you feel all eyes are upon you and everybody is whispering and talking to you about you and pointing fingers at you, that's a that's a hard place to be. That's a hard, hard place to be. And for me, I want to say this, I built up a defense. And some of you may um, have walked in that same defense. Maybe you're even in that place of defense now. And that place of defense said, I don't care what you think of me. I don't care what you say about me. It was where I got to a place of 
where I, because I had been rejected, I became the rejector, okay? So I became that person that rejected everybody that was around me. And because of that, um, it was very easy to go from that place um, to a place of uh, coldness, a place of a callous heart, you know, that place of bitterness. It was very easy to cross over into that place because of rejection. And so I want to encourage you, those of you that are on the line, to guard your heart. Now, this was deep. Oh, I got to find this. My pastor said something this morning in our class about guarding your heart. And I got to read it to you um, because I want to make sure that I don't misquote it because it was so profound to me when he said it uh, that I wrote it and I put a star by it. It says to guard your heart, but don't trust your heart. Guard your heart, but don't trust your heart. And I found that so profound. And and it, it makes perfect sense because you want to guard your heart from being in that place of being hurt and ridiculed and your heart being hardened, but you don't want to trust your heart because the word says that the heart is wicked. Who can trust it? So as we guard our heart against the things that the enemy will try to use to come at us, at the same time, we don't want to lash out and react to everything from a place of emotion because our emotions can betray us. Our emotions in that place of anger will cause us to lash out and to say things that we should not say. Our emotions in a place of distrust will cause us to hurt someone that is really trying to help us. And our emotions um, can even lead us into a dark place of retaliation, thinking that, you know, we have to offer up tit for tat when somebody does something to us, then we have to do something to somebody. We go into that eye for an eye and, you know, um, mode and mentality, and that's not healthy. That's not healthy. Better yet, where we need to go is to that place of do unto others as we would have them do unto you us. Think about now. There was some there's some some mm, some tough things stated in the Old Testament. There were there were whole um, civilizations, so to speak, that God gave instructions to wipe off this planet. You know, the Amalekites and different people. He was like, no, don't leave none of them living, not not a cow, not a sheep, not a person. That's how Saul got in trouble, you know, because he kept the, the king of the Melchites alive. But, you know, there was a reason for that because God was trying to eradicate the evil of that people from the face of the earth. And he had made a promise to, to Noah that he was not going to wipe off the face of the planet again with a flood. So he was giving direction you know, to totally annihilate the evil presence that were in that people. But when you cross over into the New Testament and the reconciliation that Christ came to give, Christ gave a new directive. So just because you read an eye for an eye 
in in um, the Old Testament, please recognize and understand that when Christ came in the Beatitudes, he gave us new strategies and new directives. He said with loving kindness, God said with loving kindness, he was going to draw us. So because of that, Christ said, you know, do good for those that despitefully use you. If somebody steals your coat, give them your shirt too, basically. You know, he gave um, a, a message of love as opposed to that message of retaliation from the Old Testament. So understand the difference and the reason for the difference. You know, there was a reason to wipe out civilizations then. Now we've got the blood of Christ. Now we've been reconciled back into the Father. So now the Father wants us to represent him in a manner that's befitting his children. So understand the difference. Okay, understand the difference. So the strategies for overcoming your rejection are different for each and every one of us. Now, I'm going to try this again. Tanya, are you there? Tanya? Okay, I'm not quite sure why we can't hear her because her line is still connected. However, we're going to continue on. Um I'm going to say this, and and this is really why I wanted her to to speak on this, because I know some of the things that she has walked through and with the with the spirit of rejection. So I really um, I really wanted her to share about that. But even going forth, you know, on this path that we are on, our path to purpose, it is so so vital. It is so so vital that we are not allowing that spirit of rejection to hold us back, um, to cancel out what God is saying and what God is doing in our lives at this appointed time. It is just, it's just vital. I, I don't know any other way. It is imperative. It is crucial that we learn to toughen up, stiffen up, you know, um, man up, as they say and get beyond it, get beyond our feelings and our emotions that hold us back and get back to the things of God. Like I said, you are going to, even the word of God says you will um, encounter trials and tribulations in this walk. As you walk through things in the Lord, you are going to have some tough days. You're going to have some times where you really, really, really need the hand of God to be at work in your life because you don't understand what is going on around you. It's going to happen. Don't let anybody sell you on the, you know, skip to Malou, my darling, it's all roses and, you know, and it's going to be a rose garden and all is going to be well in your life once you give your life to the Lord. That's not true. I attended um, kind of a symposium between generations yesterday, and one of the things that came out is that, you know, we've got to stop looking at the world and our lives through rose-colored glasses. We've got to recognize and understand who God is and that he is at work in our lives, but even in that, in knowing that, you know, we've got to recognize that the enemy will not stop bombarding you because of who you are, who you are. You know, there was a young man that sat on the panel. He was 14 years old. And if I tell you that was a, a young man that was wise beyond his years, please hear me, please, please hear me. This young man was wise beyond his years. 
and just constant, you know, constant nuggets was he dropping. But he said this. He said, you know, don't ever think that just because you got saved, everything was going to be all right. No, things are going to get even harder now because the enemy is not going to let you alone. And that's true wisdom. That is true wisdom. It's the truth. So we've got to, in our pathway, in our walk with the Lord, recognize what is going on around us, but be ever mindful, even in the midst of what is going on around us, that God is yet in control and we yet belong to him. So it's, you know, it's it's more than a notion to, to walk out your purpose. It really, really is. But we have to trust. We have to trust that God is there. We have to trust the Father that he will bless us to hear and to do what is in the scriptures. We have to believe that he will build us up and we have to get past. This is something that um, rejection causes within us. Rejection will cause us to have that victim's mentality. And as long as we are walking in a victim mentality, we do not, we cannot embrace the mentality of a victor. As long as we feel that we are the victim, we will not embrace the victor mentality. And it takes that victor mentality to rise up and be strengthened and be empowered to move forward in God, to move forward in the things that God has called us to. So we have to be mindful of that. We really, really do. And so often we miss it. We miss it. We go into pity parties. We go into different uh, places in our walk with God that we have to step back and take a spiritual evaluation on where we are. You know, that will reveal so much to us. If we can step back and do a spiritual evaluation on, God, where am I in my spirit right now? I think I said this last week. That And maybe I didn't. I'm not sure. I shared it with somebody. I'm not sure if I shared it on the show. But, you know, I got to a place a few weeks ago where I recognized that not only was I tired physically, tired in my physical body, but I was tired spiritually, you know, that my spirit was fatigued. And, and we have to evaluate where we are. You know, and because I could recognize that my spirit was fatigued, I knew that I had to step back and get into a place with the Father and allow him to energize me, to build me back up, or else I could not fulfill my purpose. I could not undergo and undertake what he had before me. And so we have to get to that place. We have to recognize that we need the Father. We need the Father. Just think about it. Our mouthpiece is how we fight most of our battles. You know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down vain imagination, and everything that would arise or try to assert itself against the thing and the will of God. And we normally tear those things down with our mouth. So we have to get to a place where we understand that when we speak the word of God over our lives, when we speak what we hear God say, then we are prophesying. We're prophesying to ourselves. We're prophesying over ourselves. And we cannot prophesy from a place of emotion. 
So that's why we've got to make sure that we're prophesying even within our own life and with over the lives of our loved ones, we're not doing it from a place of emotion, which takes us back to guard your heart, but don't trust your heart. Takes us back to knowing that we've got to listen to the spirit of the living God and what God is saying to us at that moment. It's vital. It is absolutely vital. It is absolutely vital. I, I can't stress that enough. I can't. I can't. So, Tam, are you back with us? Tanya? Hmm. I don't know, guys. I'm not quite sure what's going on. Um, not quite sure, but like I said, I still see her line still connected. Well, moving on. As we as we encounter our path to purpose, we have to um, we have to understand in the midst of all of this that we have to increase our vision. Okay, that's one of the reasons why we have to move on past that place of rejection. Because as long as we stay in that place of emotion and that place of rejection, then we cannot. We cannot move forward in what God has called us to, and our vision becomes clouded. Think about it. If you are, let me let me back up. The spirit of rejection, because it is a spirit that can attach uh, attach itself to us, and that's where that self rejection comes in. If we are not careful, then we start to speak things from that place of pain within ourselves which is extremely dangerous because then we cease to speak what God is saying over our lives. When we start to speak from a place of pain as opposed to a place of the spirit of the living God at work within us, then that which we speak becomes a danger to us. It really does. It becomes a danger to us. So we have to understand that in all that we're doing and all that we're saying and all that we're pressing into, that we are doing it from that place in God where God has free will and free reign over our lives. There have been so many times where in my mind I have a, a, a propensity or a heart to speak something that is not of God's spirit that was resolved within me. And I have to make a conscious choice. What am I going to do at that point in time? Am I going to allow the Spirit of God to take over and speak what he has to say, or am I going to allow myself to speak through and in my flesh? And I think we all walk through that, and that's one of the dangers of being in that place of rejection because I'm going to tell you something. A hurt person hurts others, all right? I've been there. So because, as I told you before, my my place of defense in my state of rejection was to not care what people said or did, but that caused me to not care about people. So therefore, I didn't care what I said or did to them. In other words, let me cut you down before you have an opportunity to cut me down. Let me speak negative to you. Let me say something to you that's going to hurt you before you have an opportunity to hurt me. I'm not going to let you hurt me, but I don't care about hurting you. That's where that place of rejection will take you. I've been there, did that, 
okay? I went through a whole three-year period of time where I walked in such bitterness that I really, really did not care what I said and how it affected those around me. And that's a very, very bad place to be. So that's why we wanted to take the time today to speak into your life and to talk about if you're in that place of rejection, why it would be so important for you to overcome that. Now, how do you overcome that place of rejection? Let's talk about that. So what I had to do, I had to get into a place even prior to giving my life to the Lord. If I wanted to get beyond that place of penetrating pain, even though I said I wasn't in pain anymore, even though I had masked my heart and decided that, you know, um, I was good. You know, everybody else had the problems. It wasn't me. I was good, okay? I had to make sure that I pressed on from that place to a place of allowing my heart to be softened, allowing my heart to recognize the pain that I was causing in the lives of others, to actually open up. And and this was a difficult thing, to open up my heart to someone else. That was very hard for me. That was extremely hard for me. But that was part of my healing process. And let me tell you something, okay? Uh, I wish I could tell you I opened up my heart to this person, And it was just a wonderful, phenomenal thing, and I never had to worry about the pain of rejection of being hurt again once I did that. But that is not my testimony. I finally opened up my heart to somebody thinking that I could trust this person with my heart, and that person devastated and hurt me. But what was really deep about it is that person did not do that until I gave my life to the Lord. See, the enemy is very cunning, you know. The enemy is very cunning. He will sit and he will sleep on things to make you feel like you are safe and all is well. And then out of the blue, something will pop up and you'll be like, where in the world did that come from? And that's what I experienced. You know, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, you know, I was attacked by the enemy. I had to stop and I had to recognize why. What was the motive behind the attack? And that's something that you guys need to do. You need to stand back and evaluate what is the motive behind the attacks that you are encountering. You know, what is really going on? Why did this attack suddenly pop up now? What is that about? Okay. So in your your walk, and you're striving to get beyond the place of rejection that you find yourself in, you have got to raise up the standard of God within inside yourself and know that just because you open up your heart does not mean that you will not get hurt again. I would pray that you wouldn't. Honestly, I would pray that you wouldn't because that's a deep devastation. When you have walked in that guarded place for so long and then you finally think it's safe, to let your heart out again, and then that person hurts it, that's a hard place to be. But you know my prayer during that time was, Lord, please don't let me return to bitterness. I had to ask God, do not allow me to put those walls back up around my heart where I'm embittered and I no longer care about people again. 
So as you are overcoming that root of rejection within you, you've got to build yourself up in your faith of God. Not in your faith in people, but your faith in God. And know that no matter what comes at you through the hands of people, God is still God. God is still on the throne. God still loves you. God is still strengthening you. He's still building you. And he's still elevating you to that place that he has called you to. So in order, another thing to to get beyond that place of rejection is to understand and to recognize the love that God has for you. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you in such a strong and powerful way that you cannot ever comprehend the depth of his love. So you have to understand that it all, if you're going to overcome that place of rejection, if you're going to get beyond that place of pain, you've got to go into a place of trust. And that place of trust is in trusting God, not man. You know, I've had people ask me, um, I think I've, I'm, I know I have, I've shared the testimony with you guys before on the show about my first marriage and infidelity and all these different things that, that happened. And, and it was, that was another bitter pill. That was, you know, the place of thinking that I'm not good enough. Like, you know, you've got to go and do X, Y, Z. I'm not enough. That's another place of rejection that we walk in because of the actions of somebody else. And that's, those are all things that the enemy will use against us. He will plague our minds with these different things, and he will try to convince us that we have no value and no worth in the midst of it. That is the whole purpose of that spirit of rejection coming upon you. It is a spirit, and, it is, and the spirit will attach itself to other people, other individuals to come at you to make you feel that you are inconsequential that you have no no purpose and no meaning and you you know it, it just it, it's an amazing it's an amazing thing that we walk through and that we allow ourselves to encounter and not even recognizing and understanding what it is i i had a prayer prayed over me today and a word given to me that my vision would increase and I believe that that's the vision of recognizing the enemy for who it is, because I was also told that there were gifts and talents within me yet to be discovered, that I had not uncovered and untapped the thing, all the things that God had wrapped me, wrapped inside of me. And I believe that for all of us, we have untapped gifts and talents and things within us that other people need. And until we reposition ourselves to a place that God can use us unconditionally, we want to put conditions on how God uses us. Yeah, God, I will bless that person that blesses me all day long, but that person that spit in my face, I'm not blessing them. That's a condition. But yet and still you're saying to God, you're use me any way you feel. You know, any way you want to, just use me. I'm available to you. There's a song, Lord, I'm available to you. Are you really available to God, even in the midst of your pain, even in the midst of your feeling of rejection? Are you truly available to God? Because if you are, trust me, you will be put to the task. 
If you tell him you are available to him, if you tell him however he wants to use you, you're going to be okay with that. You are going to be put to the test in that, in what you have decreed and declared to him. Trust me. Please, please hear me, and please, please trust me. You will be put to the test in it. You will. So how are you going to handle it? You're going to handle it by trusting God. God, I don't know what you're doing right now. I don't know why that person is so angry with me. I don't know why that person would choose to lash out at me the way they have. I don't know why that person has shunned and rejected me. But, Lord, I trust you. I trust that maybe that's a door that you did not want me to walk in, so you have closed. I trust that, Lord God, no matter what is on the other side of this trial that I'm walking through, I will trust you in the midst of it. Lord, I'm not seeing so far beyond what's right in front of me that I can't trust you. See, because that's what we try to do in our minds. We try to rationalize and reason far beyond what we're in right now. So if I can see, if I can make sense of this where I'm at right now and try to decipher and discern where I'm going in the midst of it on my own, on my own, then I'll be okay. But God is saying, no, I never called you to walk through this on your own. I never called you to see a vision that you have. I called you so that you would rely wholeheartedly on me. We talked about, we, we, in service this morning, thank you, Lord. He just dropped us in my spirit that we dealt with, I believe it was Mark, by Mark 4, I believe it was. But anyway, it was where Christ went up to the mountain and he called unto himself 12. That's when he chose his 12, okay? He called them out of a multitude to come close to him, and then he chose them. He called everybody to the mountain, but then he called the 12 out of the multitude that was there and chose and appointed them to be his disciples. He chose and appointed them to be his mouthpiece as he went forth. See, God has called you and chosen you. But you've got to to hearken to the call. Many are called, but few are chosen. If you've heard the call, so now you've given your life to God, and in the midst of that, now he has chosen you for this appointed time, then you have got to learn to yield your life, your thoughts, your heart, your emotions, your words, everything. You've got to get to that place of yielding it all unto the Lord so that he can use you to his glory. Amen? Amen. I pray that this has been blessed for you. Not quite sure what happened to to my girl, but I pray all is well with her as well. Um, And uh, that's it. (laughs) That's it for the show today. Like I said, I pray it has been a blessing to you. We will continue this because I really want you to hear from her on this, this point of rejection. So we will continue this on next week on our series or in our series, Path to Purpose. In the meantime, you have a God-blessed week, and may the, the favor of God enfold you in ways that you have never encountered him before. God bless you. Let's keep it real.